Welcome to Executives at the Edge, a podcast brought to you by MEF. I'm your host, Pascal Venezes. Join me as we explore thought-provoking perspectives from the leaders and changemakers who are propelling enterprise digital transformation forward. I'm so very thrilled to have Roy Chua, founder and principal from AvidThink. And Roy, welcome to Executives at the Edge. Really, really excited to see you. It's been a long time and really excited about this topic of network as a service or as a service. And Roy, for our audience, could you just give a little brief introduction about yourself and AvidThink? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been a, a long-time networking infrastructure guy. Started a long, long, long time ago, many years ago, writing ATM, the other ATM, the networking ATM firmware at Cisco. Um, and then uh, from there, I've done various jobs in the industry, from engineer to technical marketing engineer to product manager to running marketing as VP of marketing, VP of products. Um, and then more recently, co-founding XDX Central, uh, which is what think used to be part of, we were part of the the research group, which um, I started at SDX Central. We spun that out in 2018 and have been an independent analyst firm ever since, focused on infrastructure technologies. Wow, that, that is really, really great. Um, and I know Avathink is doing some really incredible reports that you come out with. I read them all the time, love them. And, um, you know, today we, we're seeing a, a real change happening everywhere, as, as we know, uh, with AI and networks, especially are being transformed. So what do you think of the issues that the enterprises are facing today with, you know, let's start with the wide area connectivity. Yeah, I think on the, on the WAN side, you know, when we talk to enterprises, um, what we hear, generally speaking, is that there is still a remote connectivity issue. You would think that's fixed by now, but they still grapple with wide area connectivity. And it's to more locations now. It's not just to the different office sites, you know, HQ or their private data centers. It's across those same areas, plus factories, plus remote fields, plus public cloud data centers. Plus, in some cases, they actually take on the challenges of making sure employee homes are appropriately connected, especially for some of the key employees in, in the company. So it's, it's actually an expanded uh, responsibility from a wide areas perspective. And some people lump mobile connectivity in there as well because of the overlap between fixed wireless access and mobile connectivity. Uh, but in any case, it's trying to get all the employees, all the resources connected anywhere, anytime. And that's, that's what they grapple with. Now, when you talk about that, it seems like that alone is a challenge, but then it's not just connectivity, isn't it just securing too? Because before yeah, you put it's... appliances all over the place, you put your, yep. you know, all your, your what do you call that, uh, the mort and, uh, you know, the castle where you have to protect yep. yourself. You have to do it in every location, yeah. every branch, every site. Now that that's not practical anymore, correct? So it's not. No, it's not. It's not. And you're absolutely right. I think, you know, when we when we hear the word connectivity, historically it used to be connectivity. What's a T1? What's a T3 line? You know, your frame relay, your ISDN, all ancient terms not right now, right? Your ISDN PRI, right? But nowadays it's 
it's not connectivity, it's in connectivity. It's when they say connectivity, you, you have to assume security goes with it, right? So anything that you connect has to be secured automatically. And so the convergence of that, I think at this point in time, it's, it's very, very rare that we talk about connectivity without some semblance of security, whether that's privacy and encryption, whether that's some level of protection ab above that, inspecting the traffic, ensuring that you're connecting to the right places at the right time and the right people are connecting across those. That's folded in. And historically, that used to be a separate box. You know, that's your firewall box. That's your IPS box. That's your, you know, pick your favorite, you know, anti-spam box historically. And now that's replaced by all-in-one functions, cloud-supported functions that provide these new things called SASE, right? And SSE, right? All these new functions um, that are in basically in a, in some ways, an accumulation of all the security features we've had at enterprise edges, um, whether it's um, in a remote location or whether it's in the data center, those conga line of appliances used to exist and now they all converge into a new infrastructure, if you will, providing a lot of the same capabilities, right? Inspect the traffic, secure the traffic. Um, let's look deep inside and how deep you look depends on the needs of the enterprise. So, you know, Roy, I was just reading in SDX Central, your, our favorite uh, go-to spot for information. And basically, I was reading about a multinational that was suffering exactly what you just said. Many sites all over the world, people work from home, small sites, manufacturing, everywhere you can think, and grappling with how to secure all of that and how to connect all of that. So they went out and, you know, looked for a SASE cloud provider to do all of that, outsourced it to as a service model from the cloud. And it was really fascinating to see the pain points and what they had to do to get there. And they really had to also go out and test that cloud to see would it function to its security postures and meet all its requirements as a multinational. So it was fascinating to read that article. And so it gets to me this idea of network as a service or as a service you know, what, what, is, what is really appealing about as the service approach? What, what is really going to drive, I think, you know, we see IT move to the cloud. What will we see as a service for networks? Yeah, I think, you know, um, a lot of enterprises that, that we talk to, um, and, you know, whether they are small companies or even large companies today, as you say, large multinationals are contemplating the same thing is the challenges uh, sort of recruiting, retaining, um, you know, talent that can handle all the attributes of networking and security, and then being able to replicate that experience and capability across all the locations worldwide, right? And so they, they tend to get stuck about, you know, how do I fix the problem? And historically, a lot of them have gone to the carriers and said, hey, carrier, can you manage these things for me? Or can you help me provide basic connectivity across all these locations. And and now that, you know, the problem is more complex, you got to do the security element as well, then they have to go out there. And sometimes the carriers are a partner to that, and sometimes they go directly to the vendor uh, in terms of looking for this as a service. And and the reason why a lot of them are relying on as a service or hoping to find as a service offerings on the network is they've experienced that for the cloud services, for computing and storage. And they said, well, that's pretty convenient. That's pretty nice. Um, you know, in many, many cases when I don't have the in-house expertise or the capabilities or I just want to try something new, I can get something as a service, whether it's software or infrastructure as a service. 
I would like the same thing for network. Network's a little different because there's always a physical element in there. You know, to connect locations, you have to have some kind of physical connectivity. Um, and physical could be, you know, fiber connectivity, physical could be fixed wireless access, or even satellite connections, but there has to be some inherent connectivity there. It, it's not as easy as saying, you know, I, I just want to connect to the cloud over there and over there. Well, the network's in place, so you can make IAS and PAS and SaaS happen easily. But to make the network as a service happen, you actually have to provision some kind of connectivity. But the convenience is what they're looking for. They're looking for convenience. They're looking for wrapped up expertise. They're looking for peace of mind. And they want the problem to go away because fundamentally, they just want to get business done. Why should they, that, you know, that thinking today is why should they worry about, you know, do I, you know, how much bandwidth do I have? Who am I going to buy it from? What's the SLA that I need on that? What, what QS should I be monitoring on that? What kind of security do I need? They don't, they don't really want to care about all those things anymore. They would like someone to make their problem go away for them, and they're willing to pay a reasonable price on an ongoing basis for that capability, for that flexibility, for that as-a-service business model that they've come to like from the cloud computing, cloud storage, and cloud applications providers. So, so is it that and also the commercial side that they don't have to buy the capital anymore that they can yeah, buy like a utility and they pay it. a monthly subscription and that utility yeah. updates itself with the most modern that's the game right that's and that's the part i think that when i look at this network as a service offering whether it's a wide area or whether it's a campus offering right for managed wi-fi managed switching i think that business model is still being developed and worked through in terms of what is the sla that i really need and when you say you promise promise me connectivity and say Wi-Fi grows from 6 to 6E to 7, when will you upgrade it? Right? Because that's not a decision that I want to be making. Someone else is making that decision. But i got to make sure that they're making that upgrade of the Wi-Fi APs or the switches in the right time to make sure that I am competitive as a business so that I'm, my productivity is not inhibited. But I think that's the part I'm still seeing right now. It's early days yet. They're working through it. There are some vendors out there that are already being, there is some early success, but I think, you know, time will tell as we get to the next upgrade cycle, whether we'll see arguments about, hey, you know, you told me you're going to upgrade to Wi-Fi 7. When is it going to get done, right? My, you know, my my 4K video stream on my Teams is not working, right? I need Wi-Fi 7. And the other, the provider is saying, well, in the contract, you know, as long as you meet this QoS, you're going to be fine. And you're like, well, the application's upgraded. We need more bandwidth, right? So I think we're going to see a little bit of that. But not right now. Right now, it's just a matter of getting the business model figured out, getting the cost models figured out, given the getting the management models figured out, and to ensure that these new NAS or campus uh, networking as a service vendors or even wide areas of service vendors can actually make money doing what they're doing and they can acquire the customers that they need to grow their revenues at a rate that an investors you know are, are happy with right I think that's what I'm seeing early days got it and and what about it's it's so it's it's a complication that these NAS providers have to invest put the capital in themselves and then recoup it back in their operational subscription model correct and and then how do yep. you do that? Seeing both models, I'm seeing uh, both models. In some cases, in some cases they they do it themselves. In some cases, they're finding a third party who, like an MSP, where they provide software offerings and a MSP that's using their NAS 
platform, if you will, someone else is taking that on, right? So we're seeing some, I'm seeing a mix of some of those things. But in general, oh. yeah, you, you want an OPEX model, but in some cases, uh, someone else is taking on the burden of the financing of the equipment. Someone's doing that leasing, <laughs> right, of books for them potentially and seeing some creative models around that. Yeah, but the most straightforward one is really, you know, you are taking on the financial burden of making an investment in all the equipment up front and then you are basically managing that that whole business of making it profitable for you. And the, the customer just says, I'll pay by per square foot, I'll pay by per device, or I'll pay by per user on a monthly basis with a one year, two year, three year commit, right? That's what we that that's that's what's being worked out right now. Got it. And though it does it doesn't stop just at the white area, right? It's 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 a very complex supply chain, right? It's cloud, it's mm-hmm. sites, as you said, white area, but it's oh, also yes. the local area networks. It's private five G's oh, yes. huge. It's yep. Wi-Fi managing the Wi-Fi, managing the LAN. It's it's yep. not saying, yep. you know, I stepped to your site, I'm done. It's it's going right to the device, IoT devices, end users devices, mm-hmm. um, you know, all kinds of endpoints at all kinds of sites that now mm-hmm. the NAS offering expands beyond the demarcation of the uni, the user network interface, but goes right to the, to that endpoint. So it's very That's complex, correct. and then all the way to the, every cloud you know, offering, mm-hmm. whether it be SaaS, mm-hmm. PaaS, or IaaS, it's it, the, the food chain or the supply chain to interlink and connect and provide, provide the performance and to provide that security posture is highly complex and then do that and upgrade cycles to the latest and innovative technologies and still make money on that. I mean, that is probably a very challenging feat to get it, through, don't you think? It is. It's. It's. It's not. It's definitely, as we say, non-trivial. Um, and and uh, what I see, at least in the early ones that have jumped into the fray, is very often they contract with a manufacturer, an OEM manufacturer, ODM manufacturer for white box APs for white box systems, and then they put their own software on it because all of them justify that they have to own the complete stack uh, from a networking and a security standpoint to provide the automation, the visibility, the the convenience necessary, and they argue that the commercial off-the-shelf systems or the proprietary or the you know big networking vendors cannot provide them with the level of automation and control that they're looking for. And so, and now invariably, the top ones that we talk to that have received, in some cases, you know tens of millions or hundreds of millions of investments up front already, uh, have their own vertical stacks all the way. You know the, the equipment. The networking OS, you know, the automation, the cloud locations, the pops, you know, all of that they manage. And I'm seeing a in initial, in some cases, segregation to say, you know, these people do just WAN network as a service, and these people do campus network as a service. But in all cases, when I talk to them, the vision is we will do it all, right? In many many cases, we want to take the whole thing on because the enterprise wants the whole thing, connectivity, regardless, LAN and WAN as a service all the way into the cloud. So I think that's the end goal for many of them. But it is a big, big challenge. It is a very difficult problem. And the it, 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 and you know, when you talk to some of them, you know, they're going to um, Asia to, to talk to manufacturers to find the right equipment, because they argue that, you know, they need that kind of cost model to succeed. In many cases, they have automation, AI, network op- operating systems, you know, their own stacks 
to make it happen. I think definitely non-trivial, huge investment, but it's a big market. It's a big market, and the prices I speak with seem to want it. At least that's what they're looking for right now. And I think a couple of innovative players hopefully will break through and demonstrate that you can charge X dollars per user per month or X device or X dollars per square foot, make a profit, and everyone's happy. Right? That's, that's the dream. Yeah, I would imagine that the market is is massive at the small and medium enterprise. The SME market is is does not want to be in the business of networking, and they would probably mm-hmm. buy it in rovefuls if they could understand what they're getting at the right price points. And and with that, I, I think you know uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, will NAS be a reality? And in my opinion, you know, in MEF, we've packaged all our work in. And, you know, the automation is critical because you can't have to have machines doing it to get the cost points we want. And you're going to and to be able to provide that high availability of the service. It's all machine driven. And and the second thing is the services have to be, you know, stacked and, you know, a la carte, you know, so people can pick what they want and know what they want. And they have to be certified. They have to know that it's going to work and they can trust it and not have to test it themselves. So these are all the things we're seeing inside, you know, the MEF Network as a Service Blueprint. And um, I'm glad, you know, that you're seeing some of the same challenges and same opportunities that we're seeing. So any final thoughts, Roy, before we uh, end this? No, I think it's early days yet. There's a lot of big players in there. There's a lot of big brand names (laughs) from the networking world, a lot of dollars behind them. So I'm sure those will be huge topics of discussion, you know, this year and next. and And I'm confident that, at the global NAS event at you know by MEF, um, there'll be a lot of discussions around that in October. So I'm sure plenty of people there that will be talking about this topic. Totally agree, Roy. And I want to thank you. And we're we're all looking forward to the global NAS event in October in Dallas. So with that, thank you, Roy, for your time, and I look forward to seeing you very very shortly. Always such a pleasure. Thank you, Pascal.